Hello, and thanks for joining Wicker Park Lutheran Church Sermons. Wicker Park Lutheran Church is a diverse ELCA Lutheran congregation in the Wicker Park neighborhood of Chicago. We gather at 10 a.m. to fully live into our incarnational faith as we experience God's presence in the gathered assembly, and we welcome you to join us. In just a moment, you'll first hear with a gospel reading from the associated sermon for the service that you're about to listen to. We hope that that gospel gives you some context before you jump right into the sermon. Thanks for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is So they went. When he went it again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Greetings to you all once again. The gospel reading for today that we just heard is an interesting passage about the parable that Jesus says about a landlord and the laborers that he hired. We all know the importance of work, right? In US and in like, unlike many other countries, like many other countries, employment is very important. Being hired for jobs in this competitive world, we work hard to keep our lives, to pay rent, to provide food to our family, 
pay our bills. So in this parable, we see a landowner and the day laborers. In the context of Roman Empire, during which the Gospel of Matthew was written, there were clear demarcations of classes. The Roman Empire itself is a hierarchically ordered, commercialized, and predominantly agrarian society. A few powerful men and their families ruled, while other powerful people like bureaucrats, the official priests, and the sophisticated military were supporting them. And people there at the bottom level were people like the small business people, and the vast majority were the peasant farmers and fishermen. fishermen. And they're the people with no regular employment, and they have to stand in the town square, hoping that some landowner or some um, owner will hire them to give them some work. And this is not new in many places. Like, we can see this even in US, in many cities where the day laborers have to stand in the roads so that they would be hired. And it is not new in other parts of the country as well. Even in my city, like the very, in our neighborhood, I have seen like laborers come and stand, sit and stand in the streets so that they'd be waiting to be hired by the landowners or by the construction workers or the, the construction site uh, leaders. And as usual, there, the trouble is that there were more laborers than there is equity in labor. And so if one is healthy and lucky to get chosen, he gets a 12-hour workday so that he can receive a day's wage that would provide food for the family for the next day. So in this parable, Jesus tells about a landowner who is going out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Early in the morning is about 6 a.m., and it also appears to be calculated in that way when we see that he goes again at a three-hour extension period, 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock. So people standing on the roads and marketplaces to be hired as day laborers is not just as an old scenario, as I said. The first workers hired at daybreak agreed to the wage of a denarius per, per day. And it is called a daily wage. And this a daily wage is a denarius, which was about to feed a large peasant family for one day. Usually, poor day laborers gather in the marketplace and so that they can be hired for work. And again, the landowner goes at 9 o'clock, and they will be paid, assures that you will be paid right, And even though there is no specific wage mentioned. And then again, it happens at 3 o'clock, and again, finally, just before closing time, about 5 o'clock, again, the landowner goes out. And this time, there is no particular mention of payment, but he hires, hires additional workers at 5 o'clock. So through this parable, Jesus tries to make a point that the last will be first, and the first will be last. And this point of the last being the first and first being last is not only the summary of this parable in Matthew chapter 20, but it is also one of the critical aspects in the New Testament theology. And the parable itself, it shows a reversal of expectations because the landowner 
particularly says to the manager, start paying them from the last going to the first. And the first who have labored longest, according to them, must also wait more to get paid. But here I want you to notice as well that the first who are now lost, last do not receive nothing or less than the others, but they receive the same as what was agreed to them and what was fair to their labor. In verse 11, we see that they grumbled against the landowner. And verse 12 says, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us. And you have made them equal to us. So perhaps it should be said that it is Jesus who's, who's, when he says this parable, he wants us to remind us that the problem here is not that they have been paid equal, that they've been paid the same amount, or the, the people who, the, the laborers who started first want to be paid more. More than that, it also becomes like, why are they paid equally to us? We have been working the whole day. So sometimes the problem of our faith becomes that we become sometimes like resenting to what others get. The owner's treatment of the hired workers is such that everyone gets the opportunity. He goes again and again and again and again, four times to hire laborers. Still there are laborers waiting to work. They are still waiting to work so that they would, they are in a hope that some landowner would hire them so that they can feed their family. So here, the landowner's treatment is that he makes sure everyone gets the opportunity to work and everyone receives enough to live regardless of the quantity or quality of the work they do. God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness are God's to give away as God sees fit. And this parable also reminds us of some of the things that are happening in our society. We all have this system of reservations, right? Like, there are so many debates about this reservation. In India, you know about there is a, we have the system called caste system in which people are discriminated on the basis of their caste. People are discriminated like, like Dalits, like we have here. But government gives like the reservation in education where they can, where they get, where they have access to education. But there's a lot of debate around like whether reservation is right or not. I don't want to get into that. But one of the points I want to highlight here is that sometimes when people are, when they speak against reservations, one of the points say that this is injustice to the people who study well. Or they say a person gets like 99 marks and 95 marks, for, for example, and a person from a reservation from the backward community just gets 90 and gets that reserved space. It is injustice for us. If we look at superficially, yeah, 95, 90, 90, probably the person who gets 95 marks should get that place. It is injustice to them, right? But 
we also see that what is the what is the the struggles that they have gone through like historically historically dalits have been given lack of access to education they have not given access to to power so that 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 kind of like the 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 attitude that what we consider as injustice to oneself is very different from what god intends to be justice and injustice so here if we look superficially in the parable we may think that yeah this the day laborers who started in the morning they start they work from morning why do they get equal pay like the ones who get in the evening but jesus wants to make clear here is that it is not about the it, jesus wants to make clear about their attitude about the attitude of thinking who is equal to us or who sometimes we consider some people don't deserve this even though we deserve we think we deserve some treatment but they they think they think that we think sometime hmm these communities they don't deserve equal pay or equal treatment anything so god's grace mercy and forgiveness are god's and then this is what is said is also we can see in our old testament reading today in the book of jonah jonah runs away to avoid delivering the message of forgiveness that god has sent him jonah complains god let me die it is better for me to die than to go to nineveh right he says many times that it is better for him to die and the complaint that jonah says is that i know that you are a gracious god merciful slow to anger abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing if someone just reads this particular verse and we are like oh jonah is praising god jonah is thanking god for his but actually he is complaining because you are so loving so you are so merciful you are so forgiving i'm so angry with you sometimes we also have this attitude of sometimes when we are done injustice and then we think like why is god doing good to the people who are doing injustice for centuries but here why is do we think jonah is so silly that why he is complaining when jesus when god wants to forgive the people of nineveh of course he was sent to deliver a message so that they would repent if you look at the background the context of uh, jonah and the place he's going jonah is a unique prophet he's the only one who is going to prophesy to the people outside of israel and he was sent to assyrians in nineveh uh, people whose actions were brutal so assyrian kingdoms capital city is nineveh and these assyrians were known for skinning their captives alive impaling them marching them tethered by no strings they were brutally cruel in 722 bce we see that assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom of israel and they attacked jerusalem in 701 bce here god is asking jonah to go into this place and say that the wrath of god is coming what a difficult job jonah's hesitation or trying to run away from this task makes complete sense as it is highly possible that people would have mocked at him or he could have been imprisoned or killed brutally as well well 
So Jonah's fear or hesitation to go is not something that we can rule out completely. But we see that Jonah, God kept Jonah safe when he uttered the message. Just only one word in the whole book of chapter Jonah's four chapters. Just one was, wrath of God is coming. That's it. And then the Nineveh people of Nineveh repents. And then God, okay, God is forgiving, as Jonah said. God forgives Nineveh, people of Nineveh. And Jonah seems to be unconvinced of Nineveh's repentance. As people from communities who have gone through the historical oppression and still going through it in our day-to-day -day lives, it completely makes sense to be skeptical about Nineveh's repentance overnight. Just in overnight, the whole city changed. We all may have been in the situation of wondering how justice would be brought out in, this, in our situations. Both in our personal lives and as a community, we may have asked the same questions. Because our situations, our ancestors being slaves, our children being denied education, our children being denied life, our brothers and sisters lynched, the genocides, and so on. And the society continued to be built on that society or building ourselves on the foundations of white supremacy and white privilege that are showing its effects in many number of ways. Jonah's anger about understanding that repentance is totally clear. He's so furious that he feels that it is better for him to die. God did not disregard Jonah's anger. God did not say, okay, I don't care. Your work is done, go away. But God makes an attempt to talk to Jonah to make him understand what is God's perspective in this. God asks twice, is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? The book of Jonah, through the book of Jonah, through this Jonah story, the saga, there were just four chapters, God brings that very astonishing and astounding point to make that God cares for all. God is a God for all. And it is God who decides when someone is punished or when someone is forgiven. There are many a times we try to take it because we have gone through the suffering, whether we identify ourselves with the, Nineveh, Nineveh, the people of Nineveh or we identify with the people of Israel or Jonah. The th one thing that God wants us to understand is that God is God for all. Because God says through the example of the bush, God makes Jonah to understand. If you just care about the small bush that came last night and got vanished in the evening, will I not care about the people, 120,000 people and the animals? God says that God is the God for all. And the one thing is that the forgiveness from God comes when there is complete and true repentance. There are two things that we would want to remember through this parable of the day laborers and Jonah's story. Sometimes we think that compassion should not be shown to someone when we think someone doesn't deserve it. God calls us to think that some ways we are perpetrators of injustice and sometimes we are victims of injustice. 
God forgives us and accepts us the same way God accepts each and every one of us. And secondly, when we think compassion should not be shown to those who wronged us. It is God who has forgiven, and it is God who has forgiven us. As we are going to come to the table of Christ, Christ invites each and every one of us. Wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever we do, this is a table of grace that God calls us. We are all same in God's sight, that forgiveness, grace, mercy, and compassion is given to us in the same way. And God calls us to accept one another and to treat one another in the same way. May God bless us all. Amen.